Hello and welcome to this week's episode of episode or edition of the Inspired Souls podcast and I did say this week's but I haven't actually done one for months I don't think so apologies to all of our listeners um just talking to Tamsin today's guest about consistency with podcasts um but I hope you're going to enjoy this one anyway so my name's Helen Pinkett and today I am super duper excited to welcome Tamsin Broster food freedom coaching along to chat with me today how are you Tamsin I'm good thank you thanks for having me at last we're here Thank you for being here. It's really, really exciting because we have had this date in the diary and it's been moved and moved, I think, maybe since last year. Mm. (laughs) The time is absolutely flying by. End of May already. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Crazy, crazy. So Tamsin, I'm going to just read your bio so the audience know who, uh, who I'm talking to today. So everyone, Tamsin is an anti diet body coach, body image coach. She helps people overcome years of chronic dieting, binge eating and feeling at war with their body to have a relaxed relationship with food and feel confident in their body. She supports people to challenge their beliefs around body image image and beauty to enable them to break free from society's expectations. I particularly like that bit at the end, society's expectations. Yeah. Things are changing, aren't they? You know, we for years and years we've been programmed and talked into looking a certain way, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, as women, I think we often sort of feel that we should live up to certain standards and I'm help people break free from that. Yeah, completely. Now someone did a Facebook post the other day and they um posted up a couple of magazines. Um, it might have been you. <laughs> um, no, somebody no. had posted um, the covers of magazines from the magazines we used to read when we were teenagers. I think there was like, um, like a oh god, it was like a, it was a weekly one, and you know, there's a picture of a of a, a movie star in a bikini looking very slender, um, and a picture of another movie star who might have had a bit of cellulite or looked, you know, mm-hmm. looked the opposite, should we say? Um, you know, and it. The, the comments were not positive at all. And that was on the cover of the magazine. And there was a couple of magazines and the person had posted, you know, this is what we were, we grew up with. So certainly mm. myself as a teenager uh, and in my twenties, I read, I read hundreds of my, I was a ma- magazine addict. So of course that stuff is subliminally going to go into our brains. And I must admit still at the age that I am now, I'm still always looking at my own body and going oh I don't like that bit don't like this bit don't like even when I've lost weight or gained weight so it's amazing so I've already jumped straight in yeah why not it's jump straight in (laughs) yeah jump straight in and do it so um it just it just reading about the society's expectation really just jogged my memory then because it made me think of those magazines and how we are programmed to think we should look a certain way. So I love what you're doing is what I'm trying to say in a nutshell. <laughs> so yeah, Tamsin, I love doing it too. <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest on um, the podcast today. Like I say, we've been trying to do this for a really long time. So we've been connected for a while and it's just going to be really cool to just learn a lot more about you today and get, get the word out about what you're doing as well. So the first question I always ask our guests are to share the journey. How did you get to be doing what you're doing today? 
and what what was your path what brought you here yeah really good question and I love I love starting off with that because I think it gives people a sense of understanding you know how do you suddenly wake up one morning and decide that you're going to help people heal from these you know our issues with food and and, and society's expectations on our bodies mm-hmm. um and you know like so many people in their own journey mine was because I went through it too so age 17 I started to notice that I had gained weight other people started to notice that I had gained some weight and I was taught that that was a bad thing and that that the narrative around my body wasn't positive it was um negative and having like I was at college and I had a boyfriend and I had lots of friends who were like really like concerned with how they looked and their body size and of course you know, when I went sort of searching for, well, do I need to do something about this? The loud and clear message coming back. Yes, of course you do. You need to go along to a slimming club or you need to, you know, start cutting back on your food or you need to start running more. You should start doing something, do something about it, do something about it, change. Because I think people sort of see if you've ever been in a body that is smaller than the one you're in now, people are like, well, that's, that's, you you think that that is possible for you and that you shouldn't have gained any weight. And other people think that too. And we're all swimming in the same soup. Like, like this is not um, uh, a slight on anyone who's kind of feeling this way or, you know, trying to control their food or body. I think it is universally accepted that that's what we do. Um, mm. And I'm trying to help people step outside of that because what carried on then from age 17 was two decades worth of me just being at war with my body mm. and all the dieting efforts that I did led to me um, losing weight, then gaining it and gaining more every single time. And it just, it ruled my life. It ruled my life for so long, 20 years of just being obsessed with food. I was either on a diet or I was feeling crap because I wasn't on one. I wasn't trying hard enough. I wasn't, I wasn't quote unquote on it. Um, Yeah. And it was just exhausting and, but accepted you know, any time I'd said to my family, like parents, my my sibling, you know, um, husband, right, that's it, I'm getting back on it. Nobody ever said, you're fine as you are. Never. And it's not Never. because they didn't care about me at all. It's because we're all swimming in diet culture and we're swimming in this idea that we should look a certain way. Yeah. So they want me to be happy and they think that's going to make me happy. And I thought it was going to make me happy. And it just, I just cycled. I just, I just cycled through this kind of really, really going hard at it, like losing weight, losing weight, you know, for my own wedding, other people's weddings, um, summers, winter, Christmas party, like whatever you just put an event in the diary and I'm like, yeah. I'm on it. Um, and that's what I was yeah. doing. But it was getting harder and harder. Um, actually, it was always hard, but it was getting harder and harder. I had kids and um, I wasn't able to eat with them because I couldn't have what they were having. Even even just a normal family meal was just out off. It was out of bounds. It was off limits. It, the, there was always, I always had to adapt it in some way. I was always trying to convince my kids that, no, it's just because mummy really prefers salad than I do whatever you're eating. You know, this kind of stuff is just such a lie. And 11 o'clock at night pretty much every time I was dieting I was just stood in the dark just getting in sweets like Haribo Nutella Mm -hmm. like I was just cramming it in because I was just like at the edge of like oh like I can't I can't do this like and then the next day I would feel guilty and I would get back up again and and I would try again um and there was one particular diet that I went on um, of many, and I tried lots and lots of different things. Swim, slimming clubs seemed to be my 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 diet of choice, um, and I started to question it. I started to think, 
if we're all still here 20 years old, like that was the first diet I did and one of the last diets I did if we're all still here then it obviously doesn't work do you mm. know like, and it was just starting to things were starting to come yeah. together and things were starting to be you know pieced yeah. together for me um I also started to notice that no matter how thin I was my friends, no matter how thin they were, were always really comparing themselves to each other and me. And like, if I was losing weight, people were kind of saying, oh God, I wish I had your discipline. Um, and I wish I, you know, could lose that weight. And it didn't matter whether they were even smaller than me at my lowest weight. Does that make sense? So yeah, they yeah. were never happy either. And then I lost a load of weight and I was still unhappy because it wasn't enough. And, oh, but my stomach still sticks out even when I'm like two sizes smaller. And it just blew my mind. And yeah. as I and I had a daughter and she was um she's eight now so she would have been sort of like five six when I came out of diet culture and and realizing yeah. that it wasn't working and I was thinking is this what I think her worth is like her thighs have to be a certain size or a stomach like yeah. or do I want her to be able to just relax and just be herself yeah you know yeah. so this is kind of where it started and then I start. I heard um when I had my son in 2017 I heard a podcast about intuitive eating mm. and about like a non-diet approach to just feeling good in your body and without it being about weight loss. And I listened to this podcast, it was about 40 minutes long and I just absolutely blown away. Yeah. It was just like, I didn't know there was an alternative to just being either on or off a diet. I didn't know there was anything else out there. And of course I still went into it wanting to be thinner, mm. but gradually I realized that actually that's not what makes, that's not what makes me happy. And it's also not what makes me healthy. I would do some very unhealthy kind of things to get thin. And, um, it was putting my own health at risk. Um, and I think, you know, viewing thinness as health is the problem. We have to detangle this kind of idea that I, I am much healthier now in my biggest body. Um, I have a much more relaxed relationship with food and exercise and ev everything to my whole well-being. You know, my self-care is totally different now. It's like a whole nother level. And it also helped me, you know, being intuitive around eating and really kind of getting to grips with what I needed has really helped me in just so many areas of my life. So, you know, that happened. And gradually I thought, I just want to help other people do this too. Yeah. So I did, I did my um, weight neutral coaching certification and a body image certification, which I love doing. I'm, I'm always studying, I'm always developing new skills and um, kind of like tools and things around this stuff. And mm -hmm. that's what I do. I, I help other women break free from these systems of oppression that we're all, we're all, we're all under. Yeah. And it's women, isn't it? I mean, do yes, you, it is, sadly. do you <laughs> work with men much, much at all? Do you come across many men? Because it's, it's such a huge divide yeah, here I think it is and but the thing the difference is what I always say is like yes I know people always say to me but men still suffer too. yes they do absolutely they mm. do um they really do suffer with body image and it's a lot more so now than it ever used to be yeah. however they don't suffer to the same um extent um if you look at statistics um women in larger bodies are paid less than men in larger bodies does that make sense so oh. you don't realize that there's these other like we always you know talk about the gender pay gap but there's yeah. also other systems of oppression at play oh. and we know that you know people of color are treated differently but also people in larger bodies it's just that we don't we don't see it because we often I think the narrative around people being in larger bodies is that it's something we can do something about 
But actually what I'm trying to explain to people is it's not, we have our own unique blueprint inside of us. It's the reason why I'm five foot tall and I'm not six foot because of my genetics, my Mm -hmm. body size and my shape and the size of my hips or my arms and all those sorts of things are not solely down to calories in calories out, which is what we reduce it to with diet culture. Does that make sense? So back to your question, I do understand that men suffer, but also because I um, am a woman, and my experiences of being a woman, I feel like it's my calling to help people who have had similar experiences to me or going through stuff that I have been through because that's where my expertise lies. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's 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 um, support out there for for men, mm. but it's yeah, it's not my not my area of expertise, should we say? Yeah. Oh no, absolutely no. That's that's um, that makes perfect sense because of your experiences. That's just poking into you know it being mainly it seems to be a women's thing obviously that's from our our side of the fence so that's yeah really interesting but um let's go back to intuitive eating so talk talk me through a little bit more about that yeah so intuitive eating I like to kind of sum it up obviously it's not it's not I haven't come up with this this is um intuitive eating is a um a, a frame a book of principles that you can you can find it's um I'm gonna have to like dig out the headline if it is um intuitive eating is by Elise Reich and um Evelyn Triboli and they uh, teamed up it's been around for a really, really long time and actually I think in the initially it was um, pitched as like um, a diet, a way to control your weight. Mm. Um, but they have developed it further in that it's actually more about this, more about health on the whole, like as in looking at what is healthy to you, how like it fits into your life and your needs. It's not mm. about losing weight. Um, a lot of people kind of go into it with the hope that they're going to lose weight because they think if I just ate intuitively, people think they eat too much, but it's quite surprising that actually, you know, how much you eat doesn't impact your body size as much as people think it does. But I like to define, you know, we talk about intuitive eating and I like to sort of, when I'm explaining it to people, it's a way of eating in line with your requirements and your needs from an internal knowing rather than going from an external plans or guidance. Um, Because anything we time, we do something outside of ourselves it's always going to not fit with what we actually need because how would anyone else, like, it's like me saying to you, and then you need to eat a certain amount today. You were like, well, do you know what I'm doing? You know, you haven't got any kind of insight into how much I move, how much I need, what I ate yesterday, all this kind of stuff. So it's about just relaxing around food and just letting your body guide you. And um, as much as we can, because we have to remember that we have access to a certain amount of food certain types of food depending on our privilege and depending on our economic sort of you know access to to finances to to make that available to us and where we live and there's so many things that go into it that's completely disregarded when you sign up to a diet plan and they say you need to eat this this and this Mm. I mean how many times have we all signed up to something and thought god flipping heck I've got to go and find that like how am I gonna (laughs) how am I that's not something I normally keep in my fridge so you start Mm. whipping out all the stuff you normally keep in your fridge reloading it with all these new things that people tell you and then when you get to it you're like I don't really want that yeah that's not really gonna float my boat today you know Yeah. Um, but yeah, we look at like the intuitive eating really, really looks at um, all sorts of things like how your relationship to food, what your relationship to food growing up, your food rules that you have around, like that you've got from like diet culture or, or families um, growing up um, and just helping to guide you to what works for you. Um, and it also includes things like intuitive movement and um, emotional eating and, you know, things that you can like look out for 
like that might be sort of tripping you up or keeping you stuck in that like diet culture pattern yeah I love that I love that <laughs> so I'm very I very much live my life based around my intuition but I've never really well maybe I do kind of eat intuitively already I like to eat, eat dark chocolate quite a lot <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's yeah drawn to the dark chocolate and um, so tell me how so your journey with intuitive eating how has that changed for you has that has that changed things with your children as well that you know how they look at you because I've got an eight-year-old daughter so it's quite interesting to see how that um has affected her as well yeah definitely I mean I've always allowed my kids to eat quite intuitively I've never mm. been that kind of like describing like what you know deciding planning ahead what they're eating I've always done like a bit of, you know I've been quite a fan of like baby led weaning when they were little mm. and yeah you know, even now I let them decide what they eat yeah. um, but I knew that I was at odds with how I was bringing them up because I wasn't allowing myself to eat in a relaxed way and I was always yeah. stressed out and I was always just binging on their, you know, what I call their food, the, the stuff that the things that they like in the house. I was always binging on it, you know, yeah. jars of Nutella going completely missing, um, you know, overnight. When my kids were little, <laughs> they wouldn't really necessarily notice that because they'd know what we have in, but, you know, it's so it's different now. They're a bit older, they're four and eight. Yeah. But I allow them to be guided. And yeah, that I'm not, I don't let, I don't just say just free fall, just open the cupboards, do whatever you want. What mm. we, what we have is like, um, this is what's available today. This is what's available for breakfast. This is what's available for lunch. You can choose yeah. from those things. And if you yeah. want like one of those things, you want two of those things, you want all of those things, that's fine. Mm. But you don't have to, um, I don't tell them to clear their plate. I don't um, tell them to have any more bites of what they've had. I yeah. try and get them to think about, well, how's your tummy feeling? You know, if my daughter wants something, she might eat something like a really big meal. And she'd be like, oh, I'm still hungry. I'm like, okay, give it two minutes. Just, just see it. And then see how you feel. It's not going anywhere. I'm trying to get them sort of to relax around food and not have like an anxious sort of feeling like, oh, I've got to get it all in now because it's going to be taken away. It's not going to be taken yeah. away. It's yeah. all available. It's available every day. You, you don't have to rush it. You don't have to consume it all. And if you want to, that's absolutely fine. But let's pause and breathe in between. And we just kind of have a relaxed relationship with food. And, yeah. you know, not talking about things in terms of like treats. I don't talk about like, I'll take you for a cake for a treat. We don't have those sorts of discussions yeah. at all. Um, we just eat food. It's just yes. food. Yes. You know, it has no moral value. And of course, the struggle that I come up against is the school teaching. They are teaching them a very different way around food hmm. um, than I would teach. But we have conversations around that. I talked to my daughter about the fact that different people have different experiences and are being brought up in different ways. You know, even their teachers have a relationship with food and how they were taught as kids. And we talk about it. And that's just not how we work things in our house, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. It's such an interesting mindset. What's, um, coming up for me Peter like children who are forced to clean their plates because mm, that was I say it was me I I, I had influences in different areas because mm. my parents were um separated so I had my mum's house with a certain set of rules and I had my dad's house with another set of rules and then my nan's house with another set of rules so I sort of flitted between these three places although I only lived in one house I was quite often kind of going between different places um yeah, yeah. and a lot so I absorbed like a lot of different messaging and that's it's tough and of course there'll be generational messages going on through there as well because maybe your nan's house might be a bit more strict like just guessing but you know yeah yeah so. yeah well it was more kind of like centered around like 
what you had eaten, what you were going to eat. Like we always used to joke about um, my nan lover. She was always really worried about like, what had everyone eaten? If you went out for dinner, she's like, well, what, what is everyone eating? What are you having? Like she was just obsessed with like yeah. what you had. Um, and you knew that that kind of like pleased her almost. Like it was kind of, you know, and I think a lot of my clients come in with like stories of um, and experiences of um, food being seen as love. Like if you eat everything that I give you, that you know yeah. it's it's how you show love to that parent or that grandparent yeah. um and food also being restricted as well is a you know a really big theme even between yeah. siblings where you've got siblings that have a different body shape because that's life and that's what yeah. happens and one having their food controlled and one not and living in the same household it's a very toxic kind of way to of but it happens and yeah. you know these th- we can't change the fact that these things happen what we can do is undo or we can un we can peel yeah. back the layers of those beliefs and that's that's kind of what I do is help people peel away what they've been taught and try and think about what they believe yes of course you no know. yeah the belief system is going to be so wide and, and so different of course well and um, this is completely it's kind of relevant but slightly off yeah off on a tangent but my mum she's um she's Irish and she um she's always if she happens to pop in as I've dished up my children's meals she's always where's the potatoes (laughs) (laughs) it's slightly on a different tangent but she's always like she thinks that every child everybody should have potatoes for every single meal (laughs) yeah I find really really hilarious I'm like what are you on about even if it was pasta she'd be like where are the potatoes Well, in my house, it was like similar, you know, similar to what you're saying. It was really kind of like what it what constitutes a man's meal. Right. And I had that very yeah. strong messaging that women eat less than men. And I can okay. wholeheartedly tell you that's not true and also doesn't need to be true. It's just something that we've been told that men need more than women. And it's just it's, it's not true. Yeah. Um, we are all human beings who need different things. Um, and it doesn't matter whether your you know, husband like mine is like six foot tall um, and I'm only five feet. It doesn't mean that he needs to eat more than me. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. He needs to eat whatever he needs to eat and I need to eat whatever I need to eat. And we don't have like that, that judgment over it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's something definitely that was sort of a strong theme in my household. And my mum would listen to this and go, that's not true. It's not like her, she, where the way she would think that she was explaining things or, you know, the, the environment that she was creating is very different to how, we see it and our experiences, whether that person intended it or not, our experiences are valid. So whatever you've kind of yeah. come away from your house feeling, even if you know that you could tackle it with your parents and say that and they go, no, that's not true. I let you have whatever you want. It's how you internalize it and how you experience yeah. that that really is the key thing. Of course. Yeah, because that's that's so true. Our experiences are going to be completely unique, completely different the different mindsets and the different beliefs are going to be amplified and activated in different people in in such different ways it's mm. such an interesting topic my my brain is just whirling <laughs> away and thinking about all the different things that, that over my life but um we, we talked about maybe a couple of things we're going to touch on today and self-worth was um definitely one of them which I'm taking one of my working one of my group programs at the moment um on self uh, self-love self-worth and I and food is a huge part of that isn't it yeah definitely yeah and I think 
you know, when we're dieting, we're quite often, you know, re we're restricting food. Ten tends to be when you go on a diet, it's restricted. I know there's a lots and lots of diets that are out there that claim they're not a diet and they sort of say, oh, no, you can eat as much as you want. When you really drill into it, that's not actually true. Um, on so many levels, there is always a list of something that is banned or to be moderated or changed. And that and that's the problem. That's the bit that creates this kind of push and pull in terms of what you are allowed and what you'll what you'll naturally crave. And our self-worth is like tied up in, especially as if, if you're dieting, our self-worth is tied up in like how good we've been that day or how bad we've been that day. And, you know, we kind of give it a moral value. And also it's like, um, also see it as like um, a personality trait almost. Like I can't get my food under control. Therefore my, my life isn't in control. Do you know what yes. I mean? So yeah, I'm trying yeah. to get people to, when I do my body image coaching, um, especially when we kind of delve into the body image side of things is about, you know, dieting can be a way of people pleasing to keep yourself acceptable, to keep yourself small and to keep yourself kind of accepted by those around your society or whatever, and keep that kind of validation that you are winning at life um, mm. because of how we've been taught what it means to be in a bigger body or to gain weight is like a seen as a failure. You know, yeah. you never see anybody like celebrating weight gain in, in any way, shape or form. It just doesn't, mm. it just doesn't happen. Um, and I think, you know, our self-worth is tied up in, in so much of that. And I think what I try and help people with is to get to a place where you are worthy. Your self-worth isn't based on how you look today. It's mm. not based on what size your jeans are. It's not based on, you can tell people that, but actually what I try and do is give people the tools to kind of peel that back and work out what really matters to them. What really, really matters to them isn't their gene size. They're worried about that because of, we, we all worry about that because we worry about what people think of us. And once you peel that away, once you stop worrying about what people think of you and realize that actually the only thing that matters is what you think of you. And, mm. you know, you're not in a vacuum. You're not worried about what you look like, yeah. you know? Yeah, so many layers to it. But yeah, completely so many layers to it. Comes down to that, yeah, self-worth, self-love yeah and inner critic yourself. like our inner critic I do a whole piece on yeah. inner critic and you know if you're somebody who worries about what you look like you'll notice that your inner critic is very often appearance based because mm. our inner critic is trying to stop you from doing something and it knows like the things that will stop you from leaping forward into the next thing or you know keeping mm. yourself away from what it perceives as danger and quite often especially for women it is it is very appearance based like yeah. you can't go and do that because of you know and it'll be something to do with how you look you know yeah. absolutely gosh that yeah that really resonates with me a lot <laughs> definitely in the past when I've lost weight it's still always not enough I'm still looking at my yeah. oh, God, do I look thin enough yeah always and that's yeah that's such a huge self-worth piece so thank you for bringing all of that up again because that's just <laughs> given me some things to go and do some EFT on and <laughs> do some energy definitely. work around. so yeah really really great points that you've brought up there so how can people work with you, Tamsin? Your work sounds absolutely amazing. <laughs> do people come to you for one-to-one? -one? Do you have group programs? This is your time to... Um... Um, yeah, no, I do. I generally work one-to-one. -one. You can work yeah. with me as a one-off session, six-week session, um, or 12-week sessions. Um, and in person, there's um, I've got a retreat date. I'm not sure when this goes out. I don't know whether you put it out straight away, but I've got a... Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I've got a retreat day coming up. Um, 
it's actually in Chipping Sodbury, um, if you're kind of local listening to this. Um, and it's on the 9th of July between 10 and 3. And it's all about unpacking all these things we think we should be. Um, I'm doing it with a friend of mine, Sarah Thompson, who brings another amazing element to it. It's going to be a very spiritual day, really connecting with yourself and really letting go of all the things you think you should be, inner oh. critic, all that stuff and you'll go away with all those tools and and things you need to move forward so yeah, yeah two ways of working with me really one-to-one and um and you know wow. some in-person stuff coming up amazing make sure you send me all of your links because i'll put them in the show yeah absolutely well. it's, yeah it's all on the website or on instagram i am not a much of a facebook girl other than when i'm in your group <laughs> that's pretty much oh, my yeah, time. Well, yeah <laughs> perfect no that's great i'll make sure all the links go out and um that's a gold knee house isn't it Yes, it is. Yes, yes. yes. Really lovely to, venue. Oh, I was due to go there for a visit a couple of weeks ago, but I had to cancel. So I need to rebook in because I met I met the girls at networking and they are gorgeous, lovely ladies. So um, I will look forward to going. Yeah, to do because it's right up your street. Because mm-hmm. if it's up my street, I know it'll be up your street. Honestly, it's yeah. an absolutely beautiful venue and it's going to be such a lovely day to really connect with people in person because I've done pretty much my business was set up during lockdown. So I was always online. So it's going to be amazing to actually, um, yeah, really kind of see people face to face. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely nicer to be um, really empowering as well. I think to really kind of do things face to face. Yeah, definitely. So I've got two questions for you. One of them, I'm going to completely put you on the spot. What Hmm. is your all time favorite meal? oh gosh yeah that is putting me on the spot do you know what I, I just thought of that <laughs> anything sushi I am um, I, I never get bored of it it's just yeah. one of those things that I could eat for, for lunch or I could probably eat for breakfast to be fair yeah. um, I could eat for lunch or dinner and I would be really happy with that like I absolutely love anything to do with sushi amazing, amazing. so my daughter <laughs> loves sushi oh I really my kids I... haven't even tried it they're not they're not yeah. they're not brave enough to try that just yet yeah, no, see, my son wouldn't go anywhere near it, whereas my daughter's been eating it for years. I'm going to stop, oh, yeah. some sushi. She's very eclectic in her tastes oh, now. Yeah, very, very. So I guess she's quite an intuitive eater because she likes very spicy Children cake. are. Yeah. Children really are intuitive eaters. And if you ever want to learn lessons about intuitive eating, look at your children when they're about yeah. two, because that's, that's it, yeah. you know. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, so sushi. So yeah, well, I'm vegan and I'm gluten-free. And anytime you go to buy any, even veg- vegetarian sushi, it's full of wheat. So sadly, yeah. Never mind. Maybe I should make my own. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for answering that question. I just thought I right. need to get that one in. Love that question. <laughs> and we're going to end by me asking if you have any words of wisdom that you would like to leave with our audience today. Yeah, definitely. Um, controlling your food on your body and how you look will not control how people feel about you and how much they like you. Mm. Oh, that yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. Thank that's you so right. much for sharing. And <laughs> it's so, so good to sit and Aww. talk to you properly more about this subject. It's really made me think about a lot of things. So hopefully all of our listeners out there will have, um, you know, taken a lot from this talk today as well. So thank you for being an amazing guest, Tamsin. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really good.
Brilliant. Well, I know I'm well, have no doubt that we'll be connected again soon. And a huge big thanks to all of our listeners who have tuned in today. You will find Tamsin's details in the comments box. So if you want to contact her or connect with her or find out more about her work, then um, you can find all the details there. So thank you so much. And I'll be back again with another episode soon.